Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 100! 100. We have reached 100 episodes and they haven't stopped us. No, they haven't. No, (laughs) (laughs) they haven't caught up with us. They won't find us. Yes, we have managed to get to 100 episodes. Thanks to you, wonderful, wonderful listeners. People who have been with us from the start. People who have just joined us this very week. Yes, it would be very boring without listeners, to be honest. It would. So, yes, I'm glad you're out there. We love you very, very much. Thank you so much for supporting us all the way through the many, many decades and tens and scores and whatever you count episodes in in podcasts, because apparently I've forgotten that. Yes, apparently. Oh, I'm excited for what 100 will bring, Nick. Yeah, well, me too. Yes, and it's going to be a good one. It's an apt evening for it because in the UK right now, uh, the wind is howling outside. Literally, you will probably hear it on the episode this week because it's howling down the chimney behind Nick (laughs) in a very spooky kind of way. It's also a full moon, so. But it's also slightly less spooky because it's Storm Dudley. Oh God! Which is which is a less spooky name for a storm, I feel. Dudley. Dudley. Dudley's not overly spooky. (laughs) (laughs) He comes in like, oh, I've got a lot of admin for you to fill (laughs) out. The blood that Dudley will spill. The moon is high, the wind howls around us. How are you, Nick? I'm alright. I'm excited for episode 100. (laughs) Still slightly not believing we've actually done it, but yeah, it's very good. As we have reached 100 episodes, do by all means, dear listeners, share your favourite moments from the Poisonous Cabinet over the last 100 episodes. What have been your highlights? There won't be any low lights, actually. There won't be any lows. Of course not. It's all been a constant level of wonder and excitement. Well, I think the Golden Cadillac was a low point. That's true. I actually blocked that out. Yeah. (laughs) There's been a couple of moments where we went, oh, this, 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 we should not have brought this upon the world. The mustard, the mustard one. That, that, that's now coming back to me. That was not wise. I've used that over a nice pork chop, actually. (laughs) In the Poisoner's Cabinet office, which is just a a door on a floor and, and a lot of chartreuse being thrown at each other, we decided that it was time for a celebration. Quite right. As we have reached 100 episodes, we want to give something back to you lovely listeners. Yes. So we are going to be doing a giveaway this weekend. Indeed. It's something we've been planning for a while. So we thought, now is the time to do it. So yes, we are going to be giving away some very exciting cocktail paraphernalia to Ooh. help you make your own marvellous creations. The details will be released on our social media channels. That's where the giveaway will be held. We will give you details this weekend. Just go onto our Instagram. All will be revealed about what you can win and how you can enter the wonderful things that we shall do. Any poisonings this week, Nick? No, there's been too much celebration and general joyful wonderment at reaching 100. No time for that poisoning shenanigans. No, all we did was make nice cocktails and cake. Didn't pump them full of strychnine. Okay, I'm glad. It makes us very popular at parties, obviously. <laughs> yes, the way you're staring at me there, I didn't pump them full of strychnine and... Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Slightly questioning that now. Eat up, Nick. <laughs> you want the podcast all to yourself. <laughs> 
This is that would be a very apt 100th episode if I just like was some sort of mad reach for power. Well, speaking of uh, poisoning your friends with cake and launching a coup against your best friends, I think it's time for us to thank our lovely, delicious new Patreon subscribers. We definitely should. Thank you so much for joining us on our 100th episode. Thank you very much to Fiona McKinley Bellis, to Snizzlebigs, and to Katie Dell. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much, you sexy, sexy Patreon subscribers. Snizzlebigs, well done on the That's name. Excellent name. Excellent, oh, name. excellent, excellent. We'll never know who you are. It's wonderful. Uh, we had fun on Patreon this week. We went to Colt Town again. Fun is the word. It was gruesome. It was. It was fairly harsh. Yeah. It was. It was a pretty brutal cult. This one. But it had a cauldron. Everyone loves a good cauldron. Yeah. We haven't had a cauldron yet. No. No. There's a, there's a definite lack of cauldrons in the world. I feel. And I've this... got a very small one. Do you? I do. In the other room. It's, it's about this big. About... Oh, you've you've talked of this cauldron no. before, and I have never seen it. Shall I, go, I, shall, I shall show you my cauldron. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I know. <laughs> That doesn't sound right. That <laughs> doesn't sound right. Yeah. No, this the, well, the cauldron on Patreon did not disappoint because that no. was that was just full of, of nightmares. Oh, quite frankly, things. cauldron is like, oh god, what are witches put in there? Like now I know, and I now I can't sleep. Not all witches, I feel. <laughs> the successful ones. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. well, yes, if you want to know what the hell we're talking about, you should come and join us on Patreon for new episodes every single week. Extra content like bloopers and little mini stories. We have a wonderful community on Patreon that love to have a chat. So join us there if you haven't already. But Nick, the moon is high. The wind it howls. Are you ready? Oh, yes. To drink cocktails and talk about poison. Oh, yes, yes, I think so. Yes. Or, or we could drink poison and talk about cocktails. No, <laughs> none of that, none of that. Raid it in, raid it in now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an evil creature that comes yeah. up to you and you go, rain it in. And go, go on, oh, bring okay. it down, bring it down. <laughs> okay, sorry. Overpitched it, didn't I? Came yeah. on too strong. Came on too strong there, came, came on too strong. strong. <laughs> Should we go with the first one? We go with the first one, I'm in a celebratory mood. We'll go with the first one. Hooray, 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 because as we've established, we can't, we can't, we can't possibly tell a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell, and it will flavour our cocktail of the week. Nick's story this week, and Nick's pick, common Common ingredient. Common, everyday ingredient. Easily found. Yes, definitely. In any English country garden. Absolutely. The secret ingredient, Nick, is... Is a lovely, lovely dragon. A dragon. A dragon. It's a dragon! Who doesn't have a dragon to have? I bloody love a dragon. Yeah, absolutely. Love a dragon. Bring it on. Now, what kind of dragon is it? Is it like cutie little uh, emoji kind of dragon or big sort of no, Game of Thrones I think, dragon? No, I think we're going with sort of the big scary dragon. Or, or a Chinese dragon? No, no, we're not. We're not Ooh, going for okay. a Chinese dragon. No, we're going for a big scary bitey oh, dragon. Bitey? Bite, do dragons bite you? Well, they've got big teeth. Poke them a lot, they will. <laughs> oh, nips you. Get off me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more, probably more of a nip, more of a devour, <laughs> I'm thinking. Well, they, they, they incinerate you. Oh, I wish dragons were real. I'd have a they pet are. dragon. Yeah. Are they real? Yeah. Well, Komodo dragon. Well, exactly, yeah. They're quite terrifying, though. Well, indeed, yeah. Yeah, they bite As you. As dragons and, generally are. The Komodo dragons bite you and then your, your, your limbs rot off. <laughs> From disease. Sounds fairly unpleasant. Anyway, there's not one of those in my cocktail. Okay, okay, fine, 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 fine. Fine. So with a dragon as your ingredient, mm. inspiration, have you have you have you squeezed a dragon? Squeeze a dragon, I've juiced a dragon. Juiced a dragon. <laughs> it was not best pleased. No, it was not best pleased. Many nips were had. Yes indeed. But one and a half ounces of dragon juice. <laughs> Maybe dragons like it. You don't know. You never know. We you don't know. know enough about dragons that we don't know what it likes. But with dragon as your inspiration, what on earth have you come up with, Nick? So this week, for episode one hundred, we are having a dragon's heart. Oh, 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 I love this already. Whatever it is, it's fantastic. Is it just a big pulsating heart? Big pulsating heart. Yeah, if you put like a cow's heart on a plate and then go, here you go. <laughs> and a straw. I mean, it's episode 100, anything can happen. Anything goes. I, I wouldn't put it past you. No, I wouldn't no, put you're it wise not to. Bloody past you to blend a heart and go here you go dragony goodness yeah. a dragon's heart oh sounds all medieval and mystical mm. that's exciting well i think it's high time for us to have a cocktail so let us dash into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm so we'll see you in a minute we'll see you in a bit And we're back. Hello. Oh, Nick. A dragon's heart we have. The dragon's heart looks rather peachy. It does, yes. (laughs) It is... 
It's got a cloudy hue. I must admit that when you said a dragon's heart, I was expecting something either blood red and oozing, or maybe green with something oozing through it. You were but, expecting oozing, though. That was, that was the main a, thing you were going for. A lot of things oozing. were oozing. Yes, oozing. I wasn't sure how you were going to okay. achieve it, but right. that's what I was expecting. But this is a delightful coloured well, drink. I've, I've, I apologise. I've lacked on the oozing front. I mean, we don't know what a dragon's heart looks this like. That's very true. I think it looks like the fires of hell, but actually this is not so bad. It's orangey, peachy, so... <laughs> well, it looks interesting. Uh, yeah. Like a dragon's heart. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to expect out of any of no, this. No, neither do I at all. So I, it's, oh. um, Well, you know what's in it. I do, and which is what terrifies me. Oh, what? <laughs> no, I, I, well, before we start this, I'm going to... There's a, there's something that the woman who has uh, developed this beverage... But did um, she send out an apology to everyone? No, no, no. There's been written in the uh, the, the particular article that I got this recipe from. So yeah, the Dragon's Hot Cocktail is nothing short of interesting. <laughs> oh, that's some passive-aggressive <laughs> stuff there. I thought, mm, it's not the adjective that perhaps one would hope for. No, if, if you saw that written on a poster for a movie, you would not see that movie. <laughs> but I've made you a drink. Oh, uh, yay. I'm An wondering... interesting drink. Yeah, I'm wondering if the article was her obituary. Okay, this is nothing short of interesting. That's terrible. Yeah. I mean, I hope it's exciting and then we can come up with a better adjective, but okay, nothing short of interesting. Well, it's well, 100 episodes, so it, it it should be one thing or another. I'd rather it was spectacular or awful. I agree. If I entirely agree. boring, it's not fitting. Yep. And if it is boring, we're going to add more stuff to it to make it more exciting. <laughs> so, wonderful. Okay, okay, so the dragon's heart, I'm going to... Sm- Ooh, okay. It's an interesting aroma. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Booze. Booze is boozy. Alcohol. Okay, well, let's dive in. The Merry dragon's Christmas. heart. If we, drink, if we drink the dragon's heart, do we become the dragon? Yes. That's how this works. Oh, awesome. Uh, uh, uh-huh. Inter- interesting is a word for it. That is interesting. <laughs> it's not overly nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, no. I mean, it just tastes of orange juice and stuff. Which is amazing, because there's a fuckload of stuff going on in there. <laughs> really? Maybe we're being too harsh. Let us try it again. I did just also, guys, have a big mouthful of brie, because I was hungry and went into Nick's kitchen. This is the kind of person I am. And when I went, Nick, have you got any food? And you went, there's brie. And I went, oh, great. And just tore off a hunk of brie and just eaten that. So um, maybe if not treated my palate well. Hang on. No, I'm going to go along with the interesting, interesting vibe. Yeah, it's not bad. And it's not blur. It's not, no. I'm really intrigued to know what's in it because it tastes, I feel like there's orange juice in it and there's other citrus in there. So it's nice it and sharp. See if you can smell something. Well, that's, that's it. There. there was a weird scent and also my nose is blocked all the time. I mean, it smelled, I don't know. It had a something. <laughs> well, perhaps it's because I know what's in it. I'm smelling it because I know what's in That's it. That's the thing. Know, so. as, as soon as you know what's in it, so then maybe, you're like, oh, maybe. it's definitely got hints of twigs. and There's no hints of twigs. So I'm, wishing got... I should, I'm wishing I put twigs in there. Uh, okay, well, talk us through it. So, so what should, should what, what flavours should so, be coming through? Yeah, so we had, there was some orange juice. Yeah, you picked up on the orange juice. Okay. There's, there's some orange juice in there. We have rum. We have an aged rum. <laughs> oh, oh, the way you bloody stretch that out. Aged rum. Aged, is it? In yes. a barrel. Yes. Oh. For seven years. <laughs> it broke a mirror and it was cursed to the barrel. <laughs> D- dark rum or white rum? It's a dark rum. Oh, nice. Oh, we have mezcal. Ooh. Which is why I thought you might be able to smell. Because there is definitely... I can, I can smell the mezcal. I can't smell the other stuff. I can smell the mezcal. So. Well, now you've said it, I I guess I could pick it out, but it's not really strong. So. It's not like I went, oh, there's only mezcal in there. So there's mezcal. Then we have a bit of ginger. A bit of ginger liqueur. What? Bit of ginger in there. Bit of elderflower. Bit of elderflower going on in there. Bit of lime. Right. And some bitters. So it's quite a quite a combination of stuff going on in there. Why is it a dragon's heart? I don't know. What 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 would you expect a dragon's heart cocktail to have? Well well, I would expect it to either I thought you were gonna wheel out some green shell trees. I genuinely thought Why would that be dragon hearted? Because dragons are green. Wait. Right, because dragons. The are look green. that Nick just gave me, like like I had just come into his house and pissed all over his furniture. Like <laughs> green dragons, are you insane? I'm sorry, that is a common thing with dragons. That's a fact. That's a fact. Facts about dragons. Green dragons or scaly or something. Or or you know, scaly is a dragon... doesn't equal green. 
or I was thinking dragon's heart oozing. I know I keep saying Again, oozing, oozing, but oozing. Blo- like blood red, like a dragon's heart. This seems like a really nice, almost summery cocktail with a really dragon's heart name. I don't think that a hero fighting the enemies and rescuing the damsel from the dragon would then be rewarded with this drink. Even a girl would be like, this is pretty girly. You know, I'm not saying that it was a, a hero was a man necessarily. It could be a big, big feisty woman. But she would go, this is even girly for me. The dragon's this, this going, is, this is hurtful. This is the thanks I get. After a hundred cocktails, a hundred different carefully mixed cocktails. I get it thrown back in my face. I mean, I will throw it in your face if you want. No, it's not that bad. I'm still going to drink it. I'm just saying it annoys me that this is here and it's called the Dragon's Heart. Because we're all thinking, Dragon's Heart, yay, Game of Thrones, mysticism, fighting the dragon. That's the the adjective. Adjective. It's nothing short of... (laughs) And it's a rather lovely summery drink that one would have on the porch. With elderflower in it and a hint of ginger. Maybe that is the secret you of all dragons. You go make up a new dragon's cocktail. Go on. I might. I might. I might just go and get the most robust, darkest, strongest, deadliest drinks you have in the cupboard and just mix some shit up. Go might, on then. Might get the I'm chartreuse. waiting. <laughs> well, I mean, do you like it? I don't mind it, actually. It's growing on me. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's not what I'll make again. I mean, no. No. No, actually. <laughs> just, just no, no. 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 It's not good enough, Nick. No, good enough. You've sullied the dragon name. No, I have. You have brought shame on the House of Dragons. Okay, so we did decide. Well, we. Sinead decided. Yeah. Sinead decided. I decided. No, it's 100 episodes. We need to make one other cocktail to go with the story this week. And I improvised. You people. made one up. I made one up. Okay. I mean, it certainly looks red. See, doesn't it? Doesn't it look red? It looks the part. I'll give you that. The dragon's revenge. Let's call it that. After someone took its heart out and poured elderflower all over it. <laughs> so yeah, it looks bloody. It looks very nice. No idea what's in it. Apart from I saw you just come and go from the kitchen with with armfuls of bottles that you've taken out of the cabinet. So you didn't see me just standing in the kitchen going, "I have made a terrible mistake." So yeah. So give it a try, Nick. Tell us what you think. Oh, good. I get to try this. You get to try it. You get to. Try it. It's so rare that I get to make you one. Yeah, this is true, and there's a reason for that. <laughs> Okay, well, it smells Campari-ish. <laughs> I can, there's a definite twang of that going on. No, no. Essentially bittery sweet. Mm. Well, there's definitely Campari in there. Yes. What do you think of it? Do you hate it or do you just like, uh, maybe not it? <laughs> or do you not mind it? It's, well, it's, no, it's interesting. Oh, uh, what, is it like the phrase that no, 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 said? This, 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 is a, this is a better version of interesting. Oh, good. Hey. Marachino? Yeah, there's a bit of maraschino over there. <laughs> I have to say, the Campari is somewhat overpowering. Yeah, I'm never sure how much Campari to put in, but it's not, it's not, the, the, there's a larger quantity of something else. I'm intrigued by something else. <laughs> I think I've done well. Is that gin as well? No. I don't know. Mezcal. Really? Yes. And a bit of ginger syrup. So a larger quantity of Mezcal yep. than about measure of campari so maybe too much campari i'm never really sure about that because you know with with negroni yeah, you yeah, sort of yeah. like one and one and then i did uh, again a sort of a half of, of maraschino and then a couple of sp- and then i tasted it and went oh that's bitter that's bitter and then i added some of the ginger syrup because it was there and i thought aha the dragon's revenge so the fieriness of the ginger bloody red of the uh, campari and the smoke from the mezcal <laughs> for it for it does shoot to the fire <laughs> so there you go yeah i think that's got the makings of a tasty beverage <laughs> Well done, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I did not know what I was doing, Nick. <laughs> I am pleased with that. You should be. Now that you have to write that one down. <laughs> hey. So there you go, the dragon's revenge next to the dragon's heart. Nice, nicely done. Hey. Nicely done, you. I'm really pleased that that worked out. Yeah. You see, I have learned a thing or two from you <laughs> over 100 episodes, yeah. Nick. And I've also learned that if you're served a kind of a 
interesting cocktail never settle never settle for an interesting cocktail and we can always do better so (laughs) nick with the dragon's heart in one hand (laughs) the dragon's revenge revenge bringing up the rear has taken his revenge (laughs) he's taken his revenge (laughs) is it time for a story absolutely is we're about an hour in and it's definitely (laughs) time for a story so what what have you pulled out of the bag for episode 100 this is a story that i've been wanting to do for, for a while Okay. Never known thinking, is it, will it work? Will it work? It's a really cool story. Will it work? But fuck it, I'm doing it. Is it um, your story? It is a, It is my life story. <laughs> it is the story of Nick. I was born a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be, I had a moment going, what if you waited 100 episodes to confess a murder and then it was <laughs> your story? I mean... On another on another podcast, another true crime podcast, that would be amazing. On this one, I would be very upset because yeah. we'd be going to jail. Yeah, well, you yeah. would, and I would somehow be your accomplice <laughs> dragged into it, the so, gullible fool I am. It's not that. No, good. Okay, that. don't. <laughs> but episode 100 did seem like a fantastic occasion to talk about Dracula. Yay! Talk about good old-fashioned Dracula. Now, Dracula, well, he's a fictional character, isn't he, Nick? Well, you might think so. I might, and you I will. might, and you shall. But oh. this is not at all about vampires. No, no Count Dracula of Transylvania here. None of him flapping about the place as a bat or... Well, I'm not listening then. <laughs> I don't want to know. We'll, we'll do a 30-second composite of that at the end. Come on, flappy, flappy, flappy. <laughs> but it's not about the flappy, not, flappy. There's, there's no flapping, there's no talking to wolves um, or any of that shenanigans. D- vampires is flappy, flappy and talking to wolves. That's what they do. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> Bite people. Yeah, well, that's true as well. Now, this is the story of the man who inspired Bram Stoker's tale. <gasps> the very real, and po- probably even more terrifying, Vlad the Third. Now, well, first of all, a couple of things to clear up here. Okay. Firstly, he wasn't a count. Oh. He was a prince. Prince. He was a prince. Secondly, he didn't live in Transylvania. Oh. No, no, no. He lived in the neighbouring province of Wallachia. Yes. In modern day Romania. Though I do get why Spoker changed to Transylvania. Yes. It so does have a lot of cooler, really, doesn't it? <laughs> Transylvania. Well, lucky. Count Dracula of Wallachia. Like, <laughs> Transylvania is much better. It would have been better if he had actually been from Cardiff. And <laughs> Prince Vlad from Cardiff. Well, Prince Vlad mm. of Cardiff. Well, I... mm, so, yeah. So during Vlad's lifetime, he gained such a reputation for violence and cruelty that tales of his bloody deeds, some real and some somewhat exaggerated, spread from his isolated corner of the world and were well known throughout Europe. One particular pamphlet published in after his death in 1499 at Nuremberg starts... Here begins the very cruel, frightening story about a wild, bloodthirsty man, Dracula the Vivod Warlord. How he impaled people and roasted them with their heads, boiled them in a kettle, and how he skinned people and hacked them into pieces like a head of cabbage. He also roasted the children of mothers, and they had to eat their children themselves. <laughs> this and many other horrible things are written in the tract, and also in about which the land he ruled. <laughs> now, this is just the title. This is just the title. This is why I love the titles of yeah, pamphlets. Right. They really go for it. Yeah. Also, the entire plot is in the title. <laughs> but I will be buying that, that pamphlet at the oldie newsstand. I will be queuing up. <laughs> Roasted on their heads like cabbages. Ah. <laughs> You're reading that feeling very upset, going, okay, well, I don't know how much worse this can get. Very dramatic. Indeed. Now, Vlad is born somewhere between 1428 and 1431. Yeah. Don't know exactly. He is the second son of another Vlad and his wife, Eupraxia. Um, His excellent name. Eupraxia. Eupraxia. Oh, Eupraxia. Eupraxia. Oh, it sounds like some sort of medical condition. (laughs) Now, she is, in fact, descended from Moldavian royalty. Another Romanian province. So she's very very fancy as well. Now, in his youth, Vlad's father, the older Vlad, had been inducted by the King of Hungary into the Order of the Dragon. (gasps) Dragons! 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 This was a chivalric order for the aristocracy that charged its members to defend Christianity against Mm. its enemies, particularly the Ottoman Empire that had been getting a bit frisky in Eastern European. (laughs) Frisky is one word for it, isn't it? Frisky in Eastern Europe. They were being frisky, the Romanians are being flappy. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if they did actually describe it as that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and someone changed it over history going, we're not calling it that. We're not calling it that. That the war was not frisky. Now, after his investiture, Vlad is given the Subrake Dracul, the oh. dragon, 
Dracula or Dracul. So he is, so Vlad's father is Dracul the dragon. His son, therefore, is Dracula, son of the dragon. Draculia, son of the dragon. Now, there isn't really a clear line of succession leading up to Draculia's rule. There are a great many of violent coups and an awful lot of backstabbing, but eventually Vlad II, his father, takes control of Wallachia. At the time, the country is, is not in a good way. There are serious threats from the Ottoman Empire and the very real worry about invasion. To the extent that Despite his heartfelt, solemn vows to fight the Turks wherever he can find them, he makes a bit of a sneaky deal with the Ottoman Sultan Mehmed II. Okay. Um, Vlad agrees that he will pay homage to the Sultan and secretly say that he was the big boss in all things, and in return the Sultan will not invade and kill them all. Um, sure, So, so sure. potentially a good bargain to be... That, that was struck. I sense a catch is coming. Yeah, but the Sultan keeps asking for more. He keeps on asking for more and more in tribute, and eventually he demands that Vlad joins the Sultan's army in raiding his neighbour tr- in Transylvania. Ooh. Now, he does join in, but this does not go unnoticed, with a lot of people saying, uh, aren't you fighting on the wrong side? Well, yeah. You're fighting with the Turks here against the Christians. This is not what you signed up for. The ruler of Transylvania at the time, a chap called John Hunyadi, goes to Wallachia and first of all says, what the fuck are you playing at? You're meant to be on my side here. Um, and then he demands that Vlad Dracul upholds his vow to defend Christianity and join him in a crusade to push out the remaining Turks. And um, Vlad agrees to this too. Yeah, absolutely. He's absolutely. a bit of a yes man. Well, he is constantly switching sides. He's mm. stuck in the middle of these two much, much stronger powers. And this back and forth continues for a number of years. Mm. And it does not go down too well. On either side, really. And in 1442, Vlad is summoned by the Sultan to the city of Edirne in northwestern Turkey. Supposedly to see if they can find a diplomatic solution to all these problems that were happening. And now Vlad takes the Sultan at his word. Potentially somewhat naively. He does seem a bit... Stupid. Yeah, yeah. He believes this will be a fine opportunity to educate his young sons in the way of diplomacy and statesmanship. So he takes Draculia um, and his younger brother Radu with him to meet the Sultan. He's the eldest, isn't he? Um, Well, no, he's not the eldest. He's the second eldest. Uh, Yeah, elder one as well. What was he called? Mercia. 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 Oh, okay. So, yeah, so the uh, the eldest son, Mercia, stays stays back in in Wallachia. So there's probably... uh, Sensible enough not to expose his heir to, to yeah. danger and things. But second son, third son, slightly more expendable. So <laughs> take them along we're, with him. We're going on a road trip, Daddy. Wonderful. <laughs> Merci, are you coming with us? No, he stays no, at home. he stays there. Dad, are we going to die? <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. It turns out to say the Sultan is not going down the diplomatic route after all. Um, and straight away takes um, Vlad and the two young boys hostage. Now, whether this kidnapping situation was planned all along, or whether initially there was a real desire for diplomacy, but the presence of these two young lads was too good an opportunity to to pass up, don't know. I think it's probably more likely that some sort of underhand skullduggery was at hand. Now, Vlad, uh, the elder, is sent back to Arlakia under no doubt that if he should fail to do exactly what the Sultan wanted, he is never going to see his two sons again. Thank you for your Dracula and Radu. It is in the Sultan's interest to keep them alive and well. If they are to suffer and die um, while they are being held, it is likely that Vlad is going to turn against the the Sultan completely. Go on a rampage because he killed their sons. Yeah. And indeed, they are treated as honoured guests. They receive lessons in science and language and philosophy, the art of war, um, all in the, the Sultan's court. It sounds like a very tense summer camp. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. The Sultan is also being nice because he believes that if he can sort of bring the two young chaps around to his way of thinking, he's got an, a future ally in the bag. Mm. So if he's nice to them, oh, he educates yeah. them, he brings them sort of, yeah, around they're, to... They're going to remember being gonna treated remember Exactly. And he's always going to have an in when eventually <laughs> one of them may well take over. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't think he will remember that. <laughs> now, I mean, Radu, uh, the younger, is completely taken in by this and wholeheartedly embraces this world of luxury. And some rumours even say that he becomes one of the Sultan's lovers. Um, Sexy. And converted to islam wow okay yeah so but vlad however is not persuaded quite so easily Mm. he takes every opportunity he can to learn everything about the people who are who have in fact forced their father to abandon them um, amongst their enemies and he swears that one day he will get his revenge 
Clever boy. Mm. Oh, it's very Game of Thrones. It is very, it is very. I shall be the quiet, coiled I'm... snake in the corner. Exactly. And I shall wait for the right time to strike, talking in this voice talking. the whole time. I'm Laurence Olivier. Yes. <laughs> now, back in... That's all... what he was doing That's the whole time. That's what he was time. doing the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Monologuing <laughs> constantly. <laughs> Radu's just shacked up with a guy like, this is great. <laughs> Wandering the corridors and monologuing away. Oh, yes. Enjoy, my brother, while you can. I shall treat you like the dog that you are. What's he doing? No idea. He's been doing that for 20 minutes. <laughs> Now, back in Wallachia, things are not going quite so well for old Dracula. A- <laughs> not surprised. Yeah. A-, a group of nobles known as boyars, they are not at all happy with Dracula and his rule, and they are working to overthrow him and place the much more pliant and amenable Vladislav II on the throne. In 1447, Dracul is killed in the swamps surrounding his castle, and legends say that his eldest son and his heir, Mercia, is captured, tortured, and bellied alive. Oh, wow. You know, quite a dramatic, again, a Game of Thrones sort of thing going on there. Yeah, yeah, it escalated fast. It escalated this. fast, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Now, when the news reaches the, the Sultan that Vladrakul has been overthrown and is no more, and that then there is now this unknown Vladislav on the throne, he decides that it's time to launch his plan into action and return Dracula to Wallachia to take control. Sultan firmly believing that he has Dracula in his pocket mm. um, at this time. And Dracula says, yeah, fine, I'll go home. I'll go and take control. Yes, absolutely. You can count on me. <laughs> Making the finger pyramid of evil <laughs> contemplation. Oh, don't worry, I won't betray you. I Not trust him still. implicitly. Yes, absolutely. You go for it. In 1448, while Vladislav is off leading an army against the Turks himself, Vlad and his Ottoman ally allies, in inverted commas, sneak back into Wallachia and sort of take the throne by surprise. It's like rocking up with the capital one day going, Hello, I'm here! <laughs> Hello, surprise! Yes. Well, they, they said it in Romanian. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's more impactful. Nice camp voice. Surprise! <laughs> We're going to kill you! Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's there for about two months um, before Vladislav turns his army around and marches straight back to the capital and kicks Vlad out. Okay, that does, yeah. Like, he's out of the city, like, yeah, I'm going to take this place. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, they've got... <laughs> Spiky things. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to dress up it like my parents' clothes. I run this house. Oh, God, they're coming home early. <laughs> now, for the next few years, there is an awful lot of back and forth. People making and breaking alliances all over the place. Um, at some point, Vlad told the Sultan to fuck off. Uh, <laughs> eventually, in 1456, he returns to Wallachia, this time with an army from Hungary. Now, legend has it that Vlad personally beheads his rival, Vladislav, on the battlefield. One-to-one, single combat, in the middle of all the fighting... The two, oh. these two rulers face off against each other. Oh, that's an image, isn't that's, it? That's a good yeah, image, absolutely. that's a good medieval yeah. image of like, yeah, two, two guys fighting it out. Two and then g- whack, the whack. final beheading. Exactly. Dracula f- slices and decapitates entirely his, his rival. <sighs> and he is now a- able to sit on his father's throne once again. And he turns up and he's blood soaked and he slowly <laughs> walks up to the throne. He sits there holding his sword. <sighs> My destiny is complete. <laughs> pretty much pretty much that's how it goes love it it's very dramatic, it's very like dramatic. It. we don't get to do enough of this on this show I'm this sorry. is true no this is very true we love the Victorian era it is our jam but we don't get to go to the medieval times with big swords and thrones that much that, yeah but there's been definite lack of thrones there has not been enough thrones yeah. in this next season thrones yeah that's all we're doing that's my new book a lack of thrones <laughs> <laughs> It's a very disappointing sequel. <laughs> George R. R. Martin's commentary on his missing books. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> Over the years of Vladislav's second rule, the boyars, the, the nobles who had deposed uh, Dracula's father and put Vladislav on the phone, had enjoyed a considerable amount of freedom and leeway and had become incredibly rich and powerful um, mm. as a result. When Vlad takes charge, he knows this cannot be allowed to continue. Firstly, these are the men who murdered his father and his brother. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's not to have definite revenge required there. But also, they have become so used to dealing with their sort of puppet rule of Vladislav that there is a definite lack of respect going on here. Mm. They they ignore his, his commands. He asks them to do something. They go, yeah, absolutely, we'll do it when we're ready. And nothing <laughs> ever happens. And he's getting really pissed off at this. This is not going to do at all. Now, the boyers themselves are a bit unsure of Dracula. Um, what is he going to do? They think, we did kill his dad. And his brother. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. But he has been in Turkey an awfully long time. Perhaps he's forgotten all about that. And he's chilled right out. Yeah, that that happens. Yeah. yeah. You go on a nice holiday. Yeah. Forget your troubles. Yeah, absolutely. You forget your troubles. You forget your family. Yeah. Yeah, fair so, enough. So they think, well, we know we're not quite sure what's going to happen here. <laughs> Shortly after Dracula's rule begins, um, they find out that the Boyer families are delighted to receive an invitation to a great Easter feast. Um, they think that Dracula, he's going to play ball. They thought that this festival was his way of, of asking them for their support, for them legitimising his, his reign. Oh my God. Um, on the day of the feast, hundreds of people flock in from miles and miles and miles around, all over the country. There's nobles and merchants and guild members all set up their own little areas very mindful of class and hierarchy obviously mm. you don't want to mix too, too much but there's music and games and the wine flows everyone's having a jolly time sounds epic as dusk falls dracula stands and signals to his men <laughs> from the surrounding forests and fields his army approaches <gasps> weapons drawn now the most powerful and wealthy are quickly rounded up now they are quite actually quite easily identified because they've got one they got they're the ones with the biggest hats basically <laughs> <laughs> They've got the fanciest costumes, yes, um, the yeah. biggest, the biggest feasting tables. And Absolutely. Things. So they, they, the soldiers know exactly where to go first to get the, <laughs> to get yeah, to get the high folk. The men and older sons are held still, while sharpened stakes mm. are driven up through the bodies. Oh, oh! Until the ends burst through the mouth or the shoulder. So we're going in through the arse. Okay. Straight through. Through the mouth. Through the mouth, through the shoulder, neck, wherever it comes out, really. It's difficult to direct, I think. I think they had enough people, they were trying to line them up. And uh, like, okay, this one, this one, this one, this Yay, one, this one. Bit to the left, bit to the right, bit to the left, bit to the right. <gasps> oh my God. All the way through. Now, for those who deserved special attention, those that who were... wasn't special? No, no, that was, that was your average sort of mediocre attention. Um, but these were the people who were directly involved in his father's death, in his brother's death. They oh, deserved a particular nice. punishment. Okay, okay. Um, for those people, um, the stakes, they're nicely rounded off. No. Oh. Nicely, they're nice and smooth. Oh. So as not to cause too much damage, too much damage on the way through. Um, this merry Easter feast now becomes a very nice feast for the crows, as the dead and dying are left flailing high in the air on their stakes. Oh, Jesus. It's a very, very oh. jolly sight. I mean, I know, I know the Impaler thing and the, the legend of Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. He knew it was coming, but oh, the rounded bit. Mm. Yeah. But you often you wouldn't think of, die immediately, no, that's no. the thing. No, indeed not. You'd be up there for days sometimes. If they got it just right yes. and avoided all the things. The vitals. But also you do sometimes think of Impaling going like through the front. Through the front, out the back. No. But no, Impaling very much up through the uh, bottom, oh. out the top. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not a fun. It's time. not pleasant. Well, yeah. I think in the films they do they like through the middle, and that's because they don't want to show that. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. yeah, no one wants to see that really. From that day forward, Vlad Dracula is given another nickname. He becomes Vlad the Impaler. There he is. There, there he is. is. Dear old Vlad. Vlad. Tepesh. Vlad the Impaler. Vlad the Impaler. Does Tepesh mean Impaler? Tepesh means the Impaler. Yes. Oh right. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Vlad Tepes. Because is Vlad the Impaler. Some people have called him like, oh, Vlad Tepes was his surname. I mean, that's no, that's wrong. No, 
no, that's his, that's a, another nickname that means the Impaler. Yeah, now the the women and the younger children. Oh God! Um, they they are spared this Ooh. this horrid horrid fate. Nice. Um, instead, they are marched off high mm. into the mountains, okay. where they are put to work rebuilding one of the ancient fortresses along the River Arge, the fortress that was to become known as Castle Dracula. Yay! <laughs> no, were, but that's yeah, awful. But they they were forced to work, and they they were they were working still in their Easter finery. They they, they were just marched in what they were wearing, and they Real they worked until it? the clothes fell off them and then they worked naked and then they died yeah and they're not gonna have a good time they're in the not that, gonna have a jolly time no. oh no, no. Oh, sorry i cheered for the castle dracula <laughs> like oh god <laughs> it, most castles are built on horrible horrible suffering by people who did yeah. not want to build a castle yeah Oh dear! But then, yeah, if you're gonna you're gonna send a message, absolutely, we'll kill the men folk. We're not gonna spare the women. We're all gonna work them to death. We're gonna work them to death. But then, Castle Dracula, which is Castle Dracula, but it's got a name now. No, you you're thinking of uh, Castle Bran. I am thinking of Castle Bran, which is not Castle Dracula, which is the inspiration for Bram Stoker. Which is the inspiration for Bram Stoker, absolutely. Right? Castle Bran is in Hungary. In a later part of his life, he was imprisoned there. Um, right. Oh, okay. But he was never he never lived there. His castle was a rebuilding of an even more ancient fortress of oh. um Panari, I think it was. Oh, okay. Um, and he rebuilt it and it became Castle Dracula, but it was right tucked away in the mountains on yeah. the river, pretty much completely unsaleable, but it, it wasn't the big dramatic Castle Brown type thing. No, which which everyone associates with Castle yeah. Dracula, but the actual actual Castle the Dracula, actual, actual is, castle is, Dracula. Is gone, I'm assuming. There is ruins. You, yeah. you can go and see them. I think there's a bit of a tower and things. I've got I've got a book which is which is fantastic. It's right here. There. The author visited sometime back in the 18s, and there was one tower half standing sort of mm. thing, and a lot of goats. So who knows what it's like? Yeah, what very, it's very like sp- now. creepy place. Oh, but... creepy place, but incredibly out of the way. It's not the sort of place that they have tour buses going to and things. Because no. it is, it is days hike into the mountains to get to this. Wow. Get to this place. It is well, so isolated. It, maybe one day. Maybe one day. We maybe can one day we'll go. <laughs> Now Vlad is say he is delighted with the results of his Easter Easter feast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's just taking a stock take at the yeah, end. He's All right, good. everyone, with a clipboard out. <laughs> Well, how did we think? We, that went very, very well. That went very well, We everyone. impaled all the men that we wanted to. <laughs> yeah. We're building a castle. Excellent. Excellent Great. Work, and also, your little tartlets, delicious, <laughs> I must add. If you fail tomorrow, I'm going to kill you. In a single day, he had wiped the boyers off the face of the map, really. He had revenged his father and his brother quite spectacularly yes. um, and made sure the only the incredibly foolish would ever challenge him again. As Dracula settled into his rule, now fairly confident that he's he's going to be in there fairly long term, he is visited by diplomatic envoys from the Sultan from the Ottoman Empire. The Sultan wants to know why he hadn't received his due tribute. Wallachia <laughs> had always paid diligently under Vladislav II, and the Sultan saw no reason why Dracula wouldn't continue this. After all, as a boy, he had been educated in the Sultan's court. They were, they were mates. They were chums, yes, he thought. We're pals, aren't we? Why wouldn't he continue to show fealty I to the Sultan? I just want to wet my beak, that's all I want. <laughs> this delegation approached Vlad in his throne room. Dracula asked why they insulted him so by not removing their turbans out of respect. Oh. A, a Western person might remove their, their hat. Their hat, but you don't. But yes, the, the envoys replied that it, well, it's against their religion to remove their turban in public. Now Vlad claps his hand and congratulates the men on their religious devotion um, and said that he will do everything he can while they are in his lands to make sure that they are always so pious. Um, he then has the men's turbans nailed to their heads, oh! so they will never have to remove them again. Oh, man alive. <laughs> oh, that got so bad so fast. <laughs> I drew you in, he was being nice, and then... Ha! That's deeply disturbing. Yeah, no, a nail through the head. <laughs> Just carry on, Nick. Yeah, it's going to take me a minute. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he does seem to have a bit of an issue with religion. On, on the one hand, he is deeply fearful 
um, about here, what his his actions and things will do for his immortal soul. And he builds hundreds of monasteries and churches mm. and gives money and things. So, and has armies of monks praying for his soul and things like that. Meanwhile, going out <laughs> killing hundreds of thousands of people because yeah. he can. But one day he is re- visited by some monks from a nearby monastery. And as they arrive in the castle, they are fairly horrified at the sight of impaled corpses lining the road up to the capital. <laughs> now, Dracula has a habit of meeting visitors surrounded by his victims. Somewhat daring guests to, to comment or disapprove of the decorations. <laughs> <laughs> comment on my decor, yeah, why don't exactly. you? If anyone says anything, then it's disrespectful. Yes. Um, and does anyone dare to say anything? It's a very... Um, ballsy move and it's used through the through history as well as that i'm going to stand here with something horrifying or something very strange in front of you and if you comment on it ah. you're either killed or you're out of the social circle absolutely yeah, yeah. truman capote did that not with corpses not with corpses just with some of his parties when he had <laughs> just had like you know soapy water on the floor and no one was able to comment on it not i think he was inspired yeah, inspired by dracula absolutely yeah. now on this particular occasion one of the monks has the audacity to gag um, from the strength, the stench of these rotting bodies. <laughs> now, I'm sorry, I'm just picturing a monk coming in, really pious, going, fucking hell! <laughs> what? Shh, shh, Steve, shh, honestly, Steve. Steve. No, 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 no. <laughs> being sick in their mouths and swallowing it swallowing pretty it much, the whole yeah, time pretty much now i mean dracula asks the monkey if there is any, is anything wrong is anything <laughs> awry <laughs> now foolishly or bravely the monk replies that the smell offends him could they perhaps speak elsewhere dracula on this occasion has an extra long spike prepared for the monk so he's going to be high above the smell and he would not be troubled with it as he died Ooh, that's cold. Oh, that's oh, that's oh, that's just brilliant. Really, I mean, awful, 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 but very clever. Monks just sidestepping away from yeah, him. He does not represent yeah, us. No. We love the smell. Mm. We're not with him. Steve the monk is very stupid. He's been dragged out. Wait, it's fine. Honestly, I don't mind it after all. <laughs> going back, we're going to go back now to the nailing of the turbans of the head. Yes, um, now, this rather annoyed the Turks, um, and the Sultan was not best pleased by this response. You'd be annoyed. You would be annoyed. You would be annoyed. Um, and he sends raiding parties across the border, um, supposedly to teach this upstart a bit of a lesson. He is supposed to be on their side, oh. but for Dracula is a formidable strategist. He's been taught a bit too well. Yeah. Um, at the Sultan's court, and he predicts their every move. He captures thousands of prisoners, um, and of course, very few make it back. Fortunately, Vlad's chroniclers are sticklers for details, um, mm. and they kept meticulous records. Now, I'm going to butcher many names of Romanian places here, so I apologise. Okay. So, in Oblutica and Selvo. 1,350 Ottomans impaled, 6,840 in Distor, Katal and Dichaprom, 630 at Yusuka, 6,441 in Jerju, uh, 1,460 in Rehova, 479 in Novograd and Sitzdorova, um, and 210 in Marushu. So they were they like they liked their lists. That's a lot of spikes. That's a lot of spikes. It's an awful lot of spikes. You know, where's yeah. it getting all these spikes from? It's yeah. an army of people just whittling down trees. Uh, apparently so. And these people just. <laughs> desperate not to get a single one wrong yeah. he seems like the sort of person who just automatically knows how many it is yeah absolutely 456 it was 457 <laughs> get the spikes he, he he did like to change things up every now and again i mean mm. roasting alive that's always fun beheading Tasty. boiling flailing all, flailing all all jolly jolly good fun but the impaler did like a classic impaling exactly isn't flailing really just a bit of a micro peel in these day and age <laughs> Flailing, renew the skin. Flaying, the s- not flailing. 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 Flailing's a bit like... Ah. Well, a bit like Dracula. A bit like Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> flaying. 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 That's less fun. That's less fun. Yeah. In 1453, the Ottomans capture the city of Constantinople. And now this ends the Eastern Roman Empire entirely. And most of Europe is now terrified by this development. If they can take Constantinople, then nowhere is safe. They could be in Rome by Tuesday, for all they know. (laughs) It's a a scary, scary thing. Pope Pius II loudly proclaims the virtues of Dracula and his victories against the infidel horse. Quietly sleeping the methods under the the rug. No, we don't talk about those, but he's getting results. And that's what counts. That's it. That's That's it. The man gets results. He may be a bit of a shit. But he's getting results. Absolutely. And the Pope has no issue whatsoever in pardoning 
Dracula, wow. all these sins, all these terrible, terrible things he's done, because he's done it for the good of Christendom. It's yeah. all fine. God I mean, says it's fine. If you're the Pope, you're going to go, absolutely fine. <laughs> Clearly, this is beyond my means. <laughs> you, you've got good intentions? Mm, Ish. Ish. <laughs> for the Lord. Yeah, he, that's what he tells himself. It's all for the good of the Lord. <laughs> By 1460, the Sultan has had enough of this prince and decides that he has to do away with him once and for all. There is no redeeming this man. He assembles an army of 150,000 men, leads it personally across the Danube into Wallachia. The Sultan is accompanied by Radu, Vlad's younger brother, who has remained with the Sultan all along. Um, and by now is 100% the Sultan's man. The, yeah. the ultimate aim is to remove Vlad and place Radu on the throne Ooh. as a complete vassal. Puppet. Puppet, yeah. puppet leader, absolutely. Now Vlad knows that he cannot hope to defeat an army of that size. No. Um, so he resorts to guerrilla tactics to try and defeat his enemies. He poisons wells, he burns farms to deprive the enemy of supplies. Um, he releases hardened criminals and pays them a coin for each turban that they bring back to him. <laughs> so the assumption that a Turk will not give up his turban willingly. No, it's been nailed to him. their head. Um, so yeah, every turban you bring back, we're going to pay you for it. And yes. He, re- he empties the prisons. Um, he also uses an early form of germ warfare. He pays the sick to make their way into the Ottoman camps to spread disease. Really? Um, particularly prostitutes and things who... People, <laughs> ladies who may not be overly concerned about personal hygiene um <laughs> i'm gonna spread chlamydia throughout the ottoman camp or something um, it's that line from the office isn't it all got knob off some tart <laughs> exactly and they're um, just like ow so, i've got cystitis so, uh, it's much much easier to feed an army of constantly itching men um oh more, more oozing going on there oh dear it's just vd <laughs> rampant through the troops and the, i was thinking you were like you know maybe play oh like, that as well cholera, or leprosy like, Play yeah. collar, all that. Chuck, anything shove he's got. them through. Dressed yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. They dressed up in in, yeah. Yeah, in Turkish clothing of all a... the prisoners they've taken. They've got plenty of clothes. Oh, that's a very um, good, that's a very good idea. <laughs> now, one night in 1462, Vlad leads his army in a surprise attack on the main Ottoman camp in the hopes of assassinating the Sultan himself. Mm. His men are all dressed in Turkish clothes, and they charge into this camp. Now, at first, the Ottomans assume that these are soldiers back for some excursion, and they are allowed to pass, riding deeper and deeper and deeper into the camp where the Sultan's tent sits right in the middle. He's got enough turbans. He's got an awful lot of turbans. Now, as they ready to charge, alarm bells start going off, and the Turkish soldiers <laughs> around them begin to realise that something is very, very wrong. Dracula presses on and charges into the tent, swords slashing all over the place, killing everyone inside. Unfortunately, they get the wrong tent. Oh. <laughs> now, several of the Sultan's top viziers are, are butchered, uh. But the Sultan himself remains unharmed. Uh. Um, now outside, camp guards are starting to respond, but they have no idea who the enemy is. Yeah. Um, they are all dressed just like them, so the guards starting attacking anyone they don't recognise, <laughs> um, which in an army of 150,000 is going to be a few. It's going to be a lot, yeah, yeah. And they're so, in there just in the catering tent, just yeah. cutting down chefs. <laughs> so, so the men who are being attacked by the guards assume the guards are the enemy who's attacking them and start fighting back. Good tactic, so, just yeah. to start chaos. So yeah, yeah there is is entire absolute chaos and now seeing this madness Vlad retreats leaving the Turks Turks butchering each other um, until they finally realise that the enemy has long since fled and it turns out that more have been killed by friendly fire than have been killed by the attackers in the first place. Whoa. Now, the Sultan is furious. He's livid at this. Um, not only have a considerable number of his men died, but they tried to kill him. They were after him personally. That's mm. just not on. Um, so he immediately orders that the army march to and lay siege to the capital of Targovista. Now, as the Sultan and his army approach the city, they know something is very, very, very wrong. For 60 miles around, surrounding the now abandoned city, the corpses of Turkish prisoners are lined up on stakes. Nice. Over 23,000 men, women and children create a, a forest of the impaled, it became known as, wow. surrounding the capital. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dead and dying prisoners of war. Couldn't make it up. That's, that you is really also couldn't. 
the staging of that it takes a lot of work it really I, does it's, it's the admin behind it it still gets me like <laughs> they're waiting for them to stand up okay come on come on are we gonna finish our quota of spiking today come on paint the sets and, and, and polish the, the spikes and then they turn up ah there it is that's yes. a lot of work a lot of work so. but it worked yeah, but it does I mean it does work and it is reported that the sultan is seized by amazement they say and he says that it is not possible to deprive of his country a man who has done such great deeds who had such a diabolical understanding of how to govern his realm and its people a man who has done such things was worth much <laughs> so on one hand unbelievable what i am seeing it's not just it's amazing it's not like a chicken wing or something like that you know no no kind I think of like, slightly more than this is wing. this is insanely good that's amazing or he is just going he is gonna kill all of us i'm going to backtrack massively and just say he's awesome and just very quietly walk yeah. backwards out of this mess <laughs> i also think he slightly goes i taught him everything he knows in a, it's a, I think there's a slight pride thing think? going on there as well. The suppose, I mean, the Sultan, he is no stranger to violence and horrendous atrocities. Mm. Um, but to to see his his protege has, but it wasn't his protege, well, was it? You know, but, but I, no, I I agree that he probably looks at it. I mean, if you're confronted with that sight, you are going to go, I am beaten. Yeah. Absolutely. This is beyond, the again, the work that it would take to do that mm. display, not just kill them, but to send that message, mm. the commitment and the time and the effort, you are going to go, okay, no, no yeah. way. But also, yeah, he might walk away going, oh, I told him everything he knows, I told him everything he knows. <laughs> He's going, you fucking didn't. Yeah, yeah. And indeed, the, the Ottoman forces, they retreat the next day. A man who could do this we we can we there's no there's no winning against him but what they decide what they can't accomplish by force they they think they can accomplish by stealth they leave dracula's brother radu in wallachia with a huge amount of cash um, strapped to him <laughs> and and he's got a few people to carry the cash as well okay um, and he sets about gathering support from the remains of the noble families that Vlad hadn't butchered, mm. promising a return to the good old days if they would support him and help get rid of this despot. Love a stealth mission. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously the, the Ottoman cash helps considerably in persuading these people that, yeah, he's the one to go for. He's the one to, to back. But also by this time, the people of Wallachia are tired of constant wars and seeing anyone who disagrees with anything put on a spike. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to get frustrating after a while. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, I went to go and see my mate. He was on a spike. So, <laughs> people are not overly happy with how things, things mm. are going. And in 1462, a rebellion led by Radu and local nobles forces Dracula off the throne. Wow. Now, he flees to Hungary, where he hopes to get support for the the ruler there, Matthias Covinus, known as the Raven King. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Matthias had supported Vlad in the past in his fight against the Ottomans. This time he was facing difficulties of his own, and he doesn't really have the resources or the, the time to help his old friend. The Impaler's reputation is now firmly established, and was he really the sort of person that he wanted to be associated with? Really? Mm. Probably not. It's not going to do his own position much good and pro probably really piss off the sultan as well if it finds out that he's giving <laughs> vlad assistance so instead the ravenkin has vlad locked up out of sight out of mind he is in prison in castle bran <laughs> and he is held there for 12 years where apparently he passes the time by capturing birds and mice and impaling them on tiny tiny spikes no he doesn't well, that's what though there was there i've read three different reports three different things that said that really yeah it may it may be bollocks made up afterwards by his enemies and stuff like that. Yeah. And been put in pamphlets and such like, very possibly. But there are a number of different places, sources that that's come from. That um, just seems so weird. That, he, does, yeah. that, that, that implies that he is insane. That yeah. is just the, you know, I will impale anything. <laughs> he only did all this stuff because he really likes impaling. Because he likes it because it's fun. Uh, yeah, that seems like yeah. hyperbole at the I th time. Absolutely. I, th I think it's more than likely it is. Yeah. Psychopath possibly, so he's harming animals. Uh, I don't, yeah. yeah. I think it likely it is, it is yeah propaganda against him later on <laughs> or people people embellishing dramatic stories to sell yeah. pamphlets <laughs> yeah <laughs> potentially while vlad is locked up in hungary his younger brother radu sits on the throne of wallachia but as time goes on it's all getting a bit too ottomany for the boyers <laughs> it's all <laughs> 
he's getting he's a bit too chummy with with the sultan and when radu dies in 1475 the boyers they start to feel slightly nostalgic for the good old spiky days there's a bit of cash in that as well but they're starting to miss those old days and they begin campaigning for Dracula's return to power. And so in 1476, with the help of the Prince of Moldavia, Stephen Bathory. No! Elizabeth Bathory's great-great-grandfather. Nice. um, Vlad is able to steal back the throne one final time. Oh my god. (laughs) Now, unfortunately, it does not last long. His final reign lasts just two months. After taking the throne, the Ottomans invade yet again, determined to put one of their puppets on the throne. And in December 1476, Vlad is ambushed by Barsabab. Ooh, good name. Barsabab. The Ottoman claimant to the throne and his Turkish allies um, near the island monastery of Snagov. Now, some versions say that Vlad is killed in his camp um, by a Turkish assassin. And mm. Others say that he dies in battle again in single combat against <laughs> Barsabab. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> and this time he himself is beheaded. For Dracula, there is no coming back from the dead for this Dracula. Not for this not one. For, not for this one. <laughs> I love the way you elbowed that in there, didn't you? Get it in there. Get it in there. There are differing versions of what happened next. Some say that his head is paraded back to Constantinople, placed in the hands of the Sultan, who displays mm. it on a spike over the gate, all very dramatic. Yeah. Other versions say that in the dead of night, monks from the nearby monastery, which Dracula had founded, carried away his body and buried it under the altar in the church. Nice. Those subsequent excavations at the monastery found no trace uh. of Dracula's final resting place at all so we no one knows where he ended up after vlad's death the rumors and legends about his life went into overdrive throughout europe the recently invented printing press could not keep up with people's macabre fascination some called him a monster <laughs> to others he was a hero who only did what was necessary to defend christianity one pamphlet the frightening and truly extraordinary story of a wicked blood-drinking tyrant called prince dracula right. helped cement into history the legend of dracula drinking blood of his <laughs> victims um, and it was accompanied by images of him dining in a field of impaled men and women it's quite a famous woodcut that you yes, probably, I've seen probably it. see it's probably very unlikely that that actually happened <laughs> Again, it's just like he's lording it over. It's a good image. It's it's a good image, absolutely. Another pamphlet gives details of a mischievous tyrant called Dracula about how he boiled people alive in a big copper cauldron. Hmm. I think mischievous is a slight understatement. Mischievous (laughs) is kind of, oh, scamp. Oh, look at him there. scamp of a tyrant over there. Have you impaled all your friends again? (laughs) Old Dracula. It is estimated that over 80,000 people were murdered on the instruction of Vlad the Impaler. Um, Many in war, but many more for simply for revenge, for real or imagined slights, and just generally to instill terror in his people and his enemies. In the end, Dracula only ruled for about eight years. Mm. And he may well have remained a forgotten figure, unknown to everyone outside of Romania. But then comes along a Mr. Stoker. Mr. Stoker! Mr. Stoker, who, while researching his new book, based on blood-sucking vampires from Romania, Mm. he comes across a name that he likes the sound of, Dracula. Dracula. And so Vlad III became one of the most famous monsters of all time. Story of Dracula. The real story of Dracula. None of that vampire nonsense. Yay! Yay, Nick! Oh, what a great story. Oh, thank you. A bit you. different. A bit different, but nope. I enjoyed it. Perfect. It's Dracula. It's episode 100. Wonderful. Wonderful telling of a, of a real monster. A real monster. Absolute real life monster. monster. Everything that we see on TV and series and films and we read in books and we go, that couldn't have possibly happened. No, it did. No, it did. Because yes. he did it. Yes. Love it. Love the history of uh, of Count Dracula. Not a count at Not all. A count. Bram Stoker, when he was he was working in theatre, but just was was pouring through history and yeah. and tales and legend and folklore about vampires in Romania. There was there was a particular book written by a I think it was a, someone in the British consulate in Romania, yes. and he had wrote like a a history of Romania and the provinces, which mentioned Dracula, the son of the dragon, in a fairly dull i've skimmed through a copy so you can get it on pdf online mm. and it's fairly dull sort of then this person did this and that person did this mm. um but the name dracula is there and even now dracula has has like two meanings in romania some mm. is the dragon others it's the devil dracula is going to also be son of the devil 
as well. Mm. Um, so that really, I think, fixed in Stoker's mind that this is a good name. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is a really good name for these vampire story that he was working exactly, on. Exactly, yeah. Um, oh, that's a good one. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Until then, Dracula, the historical Dracula, had never been associated with vampires. No. I think in Bram Stoker's book, he just picked the name. He was not thinking of the historical person behind no. it. In the book, he's not referred to as Vlad. There's no. no mention of impaling in no. the book at all. It was just a, it was just a cool name. But the two things have just over the many years just been merged into one thing yes it's just been inextricably linked now in some of the film versions of it in some of the adaptations of bram stoker they've decided oh let's do the history Absolutely. and let's tell the backstory it obviously bram stoker's dracula one of our favorite films yeah. they really go in on that they really go in with the history on that which is added in which is bollocks which is not as well. in the book at all <laughs> yeah. um, and which is added in very which much is very mashed later. in there together like yeah, yeah i'm vlad i'm yeah. vlad yeah, 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 yeah. i'm a, a <laughs> what's interesting actually the yeah the 1992 film is one of my favorite films ever it's, it's fantastic in romania vlad the third dracula is a bit of a folk hero he fought against the the invading muslims and stuff like that he, he's a bit of a hero and in in romania there had been no connection whatsoever with dracula bram stoker's no. the book and things had not reached romania especially after the soviet union all that sort of stuff yeah they just had not reached across so it wasn't until the 1992 film <laughs> that they realized that people thought their national hero was a vampire <laughs> and they were not best pleased by this development this sudden development that they discovered what? Because he's on stamps, there are statues of him in, the, yes, in Romania and things like that as a, this sort of strong national hero. Mm. And the, the rest of the world thinks of him as a bloodthirsty vampire. Two different interpretations <laughs> yeah. of history, but the real story is far more fascinating. It is indeed. Slightly more monstrous. Well, it's a great story. <laughs> that had everything, you know, yeah. the bit of history, but still like, oh God, oh God. <laughs> What did these people was very okay with making a statement, yeah, with making a theatrical statement. Yeah. But I mean, he wasn't the only one. I think anyone who was a leader at that time, especially in that part of the world, well, you, they had to be, you had to be strong, violent, vicious people. His son, who actually ruled not directly after, but he took the throne, was known as Mania the Bad. Um, it's a terrible name. <laughs> it's, a terrible, it's a terrible name. But because he tried to emulate his father, but he didn't succeed. And he ruled for about six months or something. Well, that's um, it. That we, we, we single out Vlad the Impaler and Vlad uh, because of the association with Dracula, absolutely. because he's famous. And we go, oh, he was particularly ruthless. Was he any more ruthless or bloodthirsty or crazy than any of the other people there at the time? Yeah. I think the field of the, of the spiky people. That's particularly vicious, it has to be said. But having to send a message to mm. the Ottoman Empire to say okay if they're coming for you we've really got to pull this out of the bag lads we can't just fight them we've really got to make a visual statement yeah. full theatrics so fair enough but really his actions in comparison of other people at the time not acceptable but not particularly worse than anyone Absolutely. else oh a great story well what do you think people do you know the story of vlad the son of the dragon draculia whatever other accents you want to use <laughs> while saying his name do you know this piece this area of history is it an area you're particularly fascinated with if you've got more stories share them with us should we do more stories about vampires there are real life vampires I've, out there yeah, i definitely think a vampire thing is is worth exploring yeah there, there have been murders committed by people who think they are vampires modern and ancient history and a lot of folklore associated with vampires it's an area that nick and i know very well <laughs> being gothy children when we were growing up oh yes let's read about that so if you are interested in hearing more stories like this please do send us suggestions but most importantly You've got a choice of two cocktails yeah. to mix up this week. One that's a legitimate one. One is that something that came out of Sinead's head. Yeah, I would definitely go with the one that came out of Sinead's head. Well, the, hey! The, the, well, the Dragon's Revenge, was it? It was, the Dragon's well, Revenge. Yes, absolutely. I, hey, would, hey. I would go with that one. I will try and put the recipe write out. Write it down before you leave. <laughs> I will. I'll write it down. Uh, we'll also put the Dragon's Heart out there, which is a perfectly nice cocktail. Yeah. It's just more summery and light and, and, and fluffy. Doesn't live up to his name, I feel. No, it's not It's not really appropriate for for. Vedraculia. Entirely I don't think he'd be sipping one on the on, on the battlefield. <laughs> on, the, on the veranda, surrounded by his corpses. That's what they had. He had his goblet there, surrounded by his field of corpses. Exactly. That's why he had the impalers because he was squeezing the lime, uh... and that's where he got the idea. And he went, "Hang on, that's a bloody good way to get juice out of a lime." <laughs> that's what this has taken for me to work yeah, this out. Yeah, okay. Let's yes. go with that. 
but you'll have a choice of two cocktails today. And of course, mix up your own cocktails and tag us in any pictures. Thank you to so many of our fans actually have been sending us more pictures of them enjoying cocktails from around the world and actually showing us the recipes when they've been in different bars. That's really useful because it just gives us more content. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing those with us. We will, as we said, be releasing our special giveaway this weekend. So keep your eyes peeled on social media. Also, we have a P.O. box now. Oh, yes, we do. We do. We've left it to the end of the episode to mention this. Many of you are just like, oh, I'm switching off. P.O. Box, we have. It's in the profile of our Instagram account. We have shared it on all of our social media accounts. So if you do want to send us anything, Nick's birthday is coming up. Oh, (laughs) shush. You can use the P.O. Box. Just send us nice things. Nice things. If there's anything unsealed or or you've homemade, we can't use it or open it. I'm so sorry. It's not going to happen. No poison. We cannot stress that highly enough. But use the P.O. Box if you want to and come and join us on on Patreon, for it is a lovely, lovely place. For now, enjoy the wonderful vampire Dracula mood that we have set for you and think about who you would like to impale on spikes, not that you're going to. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week and remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Oh.